episode 98. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with, again... Charity Hall. I'm back. <laughs> back like she never left. But um, I'm happy you're here, Charity. I'm happy I'm here. Like, I was so sick, we missed a week. And you know I had to be sick to miss a week. I'm so glad to feel healthy again, to uh, be in a position to uh, do this all over again. I'm excited. Excited to be back with Charities, episode 98. We got two more before the 100th episode. I got a special guest coming next week. I got a special guest coming in the week after that. Um, I'm just bringing in this this 100 episodes. I want to bring it in right. Uh, he bringing out the big guns next week. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I'm a small fry. He, I'm a filler. You know, those crab cakes that don't really got a lot of Charity, crab meat come on in now. it. We try to be healthy eating <laughs> You can't, you can't talk about food like that. But um, yeah, I'm a feller. It's cool no, though. You wanted I had fun on here. You wanted a good crab cake. No mm. bread. No yeah, bread. Yeah, okay. No, but uh, housekeeping. Real Church Matters. You can search it on your podcast app. You can uh, search it on SoundCloud. And now you can even tell Siri. Just say, Siri, play Real Church Matters podcast. She'll put you right to it. You can also say while you're listening to it, say Siri, subscribe to this podcast. She'll do that for you as well. Siri's a fan. I hope you are too. You what can, about Alexa? <laughs> we gotta pray for Alexa. She's rebellious right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. She's rebellious. But I will say this: if you connect your, um, some people keep saying if you collect connect your Apple Music app. Mm-hmm. To Alexa And you teach her Through the skills thing But I'm like oh, That's too much You can You can yeah. I did it I taught my Alexa To yeah. access my Apple tune. Y'all could teach Alexa But you know Siri already been taught <laughs> <laughs> She understands So for y'all um, That are listening Using your Apple device It's never been easier Shout out to everybody That's been listening Shout out to those Who give via Patreon I'm just, Um Shout out to Sylvia Hall and uh, Chastity Nelson and Timothy White and Antoinette Allen. Um, yeah, she's not, she not on here, but she still uh, supports financially. All those people are helping with the subscriptions and the equipment that goes into this and the events and the, the merchandise and the things that I'm looking to implement. So I appreciate your support, your help. Uh, There are some exclusives that are coming your way. Um, I've been sharing exclusive content once again. Look, be on the lookout for that. Uh, Some worksheets and things that just can help with the understanding and the growth that we're hoping to get you in the word. Um, Is that everything? Oh, if you would like to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, it's Real Church Matters. On Twitter, it's Real Church Matters. M-T-T-R-S If you want to follow me personally It's FSH Music There's a lot of cool stuff on there If you want to follow my business It's AOTA Group uh, For whatever reason I don't know why you would do that But if you wanted to And if you want to follow Charity And all the beautiful Visual and spiritual uh, Encouragement that she gives They can follow you how? (laughs) On Instagram It's Beauty for Charity and on Facebook, it's Charity Love. Awesome. And that's the end of the housekeeping. As always, remember, it's obedience over audience. 
That's my goal. That's my focus. Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters, because real church matters. Episode 98, we're going to talk about black church. And it's amazing that I have never had this conversation. And the whole thing is called Real Church Matters. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of the, the whole Real Church Matters thing was the fact that I am desperately looking to be a part of a church that feels authentic so that I feel like I am being an authentic Christian and not a hypocrite or a part of an hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And I think that you probably could say the same thing for yourself, right? Yeah, I, I don't want to be in anything that is um, inauthentic, insincere. Um, it has to be natural. And, and it has to be, um, you know, something that you sincerely want, not something that you just portray because it's comfortable or what you've been, you know, shown your entire life. Right. I want it to be, you know, real to me. Yeah. And I, I think that um, I guess the biggest question we should all ask ourselves is that, I don't want this to be a bash fest about Christianity or churches, but I think we do have to be realistic in the sense that there is a difference between Christianity, the faith, and the black church. Or the culture. Or the culture. Because every race has a culture. When I was thinking about, um, we were talking about Jewish people and them culturally, um, that they are Jews, but it is also a faith. So it intertwines two different things together. Or separate. Yeah, or separate. And even like Latin Americans, they're... Catholicism. Catholicism. Absolutely. And, you know, Asians, there's is Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. So um, each race has those cultural religions that intertwine together yeah. into, their, into their culture like yeah. these are religious uh tropes or religious beliefs but they're so intertwined into the culture mm-hmm. it's like by being born by default you become those things yeah no different than a jewish person is a jew by birthright mm-hmm. even though they might not be a practicing jew mm-hmm. or a muslim might be a muslim by birthright but they might not be a practicing Muslim. Right. And, you know, there's so many different forms of mm-hmm. the Islamic faith. You got the Nation of Islam. You got the Jihadist. You got the uh, Orthodox Muslim or the Orthodox Jew or the Hasidic Jew. Mm-hmm. You have all of these different degrees, but we never talk about the different degrees of Christianity. Yeah. And there are degrees. <laughs> there are people who literally, they're only... Connection with Christianity is cultural. I think if you think about all the religions, I think we have the most denominations in one religion. Absolutely. The same religion, we we claim the same principles. However, we are separated into so many denominations. I think it has to be a reason why that's the case. I mean, out of all the religions, we're the only one that is separated. As much as we are. Yeah. 
And I think that we are on to something when we think, because I forget when I went on Wikipedia one time, but I think it's like <laughs> over 200 different denominations. Yeah, it is. Within Christianity. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so we look at these people on TV that are supporting Trump and we'd be like, I don't know what an evangelical <laughs> is. <laughs> but an evangelical ain't me. That ain't the God I serve. Right. But ultimately, the people outside looking in are like, yeah, y'all do. Mm-hmm. Y'all serve the same God. And uh, you, we're going to lump y'all all in together. Mm-hmm. So you have this. You got the white church. Mm-hmm. You got the AME. You got the Baptist. You got the Methodist. Apostolic. You got the apostolic. You got everything in between. But what what do you have in all of these denominations? I feel is what miss what's missing is this universally accepted and understood connection with a Christian person and a Christian God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where it gets shaky. That's where it gets fuzzy. Yeah, we and for the most part, what um, brings people in oneness and a faith is the the book. That they, you know, use to learn of the faith. And we don't even read from the same Bible. Most, I mean, some of these religions, well, some of these sects of Christianity don't even, you know, read the full Bible. Yeah. Can you imagine if we all were supposed to be Americans, but there were, depending on where you live, there was a different version of the Constitution. That's wild. And then imagine... That on top of that, that each and every person lives a, that constitution out according to their understanding of it. Mm. That it's so up for interpretation that it's hard to even understand. So you go to some churches and women can't preach. You go to other churches and women can't wear pantsuits. Mm-hmm. You go to some churches and women can't speak. <laughs> I ain't even talking about preaching. I'm just talking about sit in the back, be quiet. Right. You go to some churches and we're not even hearing about Jesus. <laughs> we're not even hearing about God. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And it, it, people are like, well, we should be unified and there should be unity. But my thing is, is that what part of God are we connected to? Are we connected to the church culture or are we connected to the kingdom culture? And do we understand what that means? And I would like to know because I'm a little, I'm just a little confused at where we stand with church when you you can't speak the word as you understand it to a bunch of Christians and everybody agree and say amen. Mm. So what that says to me is that there isn't one spirit working in all of them because if we have the same interpretation and the same understanding that means that we are in one spirit right but if methodist and baptist and apostolic and all of these other sects of christianity can't come to one spirit then we aren't uh, serving the same god absolutely and i think the separation becomes everybody's willing to agree that there's jesus there's god But then when you try to tell them that their understanding of God should look a certain way in their engagement with church Mm -hmm. and its people, then it gets foggy because everybody going to tell you they love God. But then over there, y'all are really heavy on offerings (laughs) and 
there's Maybachs, and there's Bentleys, and there's huge houses, and there's cars, and there's yachts, and you're supposed to be telling us that we serve the same God when over here, we're not teaching that. Mm-hmm. We're not promoting that. So I think that, like you said, the, the dividing line is that the absence of spirit, but how do we get a spirit of unity if we aren't operating in the spirit of God. That brings me back to um, the people of Babel and how they, you know, Mm. they said that they were serving God and that they wanted to be close to God, but really it was the vanity that made them want to, you know, unify so that they can see where God is. And, And it was only one person to go with what you're saying. There was only one person talking. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? That one person talking unified them all. He spoke for everybody, and nobody disagreed. Mm-hmm. He said, "We are going to reach heaven." Mm-hmm. And now, nobody say, "No, I disagree. We shouldn't be reaching heaven." There right. wasn't. We got to talk about it. There wasn't people breaking off. It was a, a one person speaking, and everybody was in in alignment. With exactly. That. All of a sudden, God looks and says, "There's nothing these people can't do." Mm-hmm. But now we not like that because we it showed us we only are unified in things that show vanity versus being unified in the things of God, being one in the spirit and unifying like he would allow us to have the same understanding if we were unified for him. Yeah, but our understanding can't be one if we're doing it. And with vain intentions. I think you're exposing something that, that I find to be the problem when I look at churches. And it's hard to talk like this and people not assume you're a hater. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go ahead and just not mind that fact. Just going to rock out and just tell you that it's hard to not see vanity in today's church. Yeah, it is. And I'm not just talking about the big churches. Even the small people. Even the small ones, because I'm going to tell you, it's, be- it's worse in the small ones because they look at the big churches and are trying to figure out how to get to that point. Mm-hmm. All of them are aspiring to a level of vanity and they try to mask it as something else. So they say, we got to get the members up. Why we need the members up? Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, what is the context? When the scriptures, I've never seen the scriptures where it talked about the amount of members, it always used numbers, especially in Acts, to connect to the amount of believers. Or the how impactful the church could be. Yeah. So when you you talk about 3,000 people were saved and believed, mm-hmm. that's dope. When you talk about, we got 3,000 members. And, but he said, and then they all went out. Yeah. Matter of fact, that particular one that I'm talking about, that 3,000 people went and sold everything they had and gave it to the elders. And the elders disseminated amongst everybody so that no one was at need. Mm-hmm. We talking about this type of church. I'm not even saying about that. I'm not even going to talk about all of that. I'm just saying. Yeah, because I, you know, you know where I stand with that. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe that everything should be in oneness. Like there, we should all be like that church. We, at the very least, we should always be concerned about everyone having their need met. Mm-hmm. And in order for that to happen, that means that 
there can't there isn't room for a gross decadence. Mm-hmm. There isn't room for a, a, the amount of opulence and wealth that is really the gold connected. statues and offices, <laughs> right? And it, it is. Oh, yeah, you throwing shade now, boy. It, but there isn't really any room for that to exist in a place where God is the center and where it's not involved in that. And the, the reason why I, I find this interesting, as we go into the hundredth episode of Real Church Matters, is I don't know how much I've ever talked about what a real church looks like. And, you know, when I talk about these things in my own self and in my own heart, I'm trying to figure out for my peace of mind what a real church should look like because that's what I want to be involved with. And I realized that, like Charity was saying, that it becomes this engagement with spirit. Like how much of God's spirit is the agenda? I'm a minister. When I'm a minister, I had no intention on being a minister. I had no intention on any of that stuff. I I didn't want to. I didn't find the purpose of it. I still struggle with the purpose of it. But now that I'm a minister, I'm doing my best to just connect with it in the way I see in the Bible. I don't understand the, the people who get involved in ministry and feel like that means they should have their own ministry or something that is theirs. I think that the idea of something that is yours is missing the point of what church is. Mm-hmm. I don't see uh, a Paul talking about his ministry in the confines of a building and a brand and a following. I see him talking about building a kingdom that can't be seen by eyes. I see him building a following that follows God. And I see him always putting God in the forefront. And so I'm trying to emulate that. I'm trying to mimic that. But I see that we go to churches and I'm be honest, I'm going to just talk about my church. And if there's people, members from my church that are listening right now, you know, don't get offended. Just, just take it and see it as you can. But in my church, even as a small church, probably about 25 to 50 members, I could see that there are people there who don't really understand why they're there. Yeah. In the real context of why am I here? Why did I come to Sunday service? Why did I come to Sunday school? Why did I come to Bible study? When I, I see that I'm part of the problem sometimes when I come to church on Sunday and people only see me working. But it's the, we go back to the black culture. We've been conditioned to do things without thought. To do things out of routine yeah. because we're used to other other things driving our lives. We, and I hate to go back to the culture of slavery, but we've been conditioned for other people to make decisions for us. Absolutely. And it even drives how we live our daily lives. Oh, on Sunday, I'm going to church. On Monday, I'm going to go clock into this job so that I can get my health care benefits and my 401k. Nothing wrong for the nine to five workers. However, you have to think about why you're doing things. What is the goal? What is the purpose? What, what are you living life for? 
Challenging and, yourself. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just on this thing that guides you in a certain way. Just like college isn't a part of some people's culture. Mm-hmm. So for you to say after high school, it's a surprise if you was like, <laughs> you know, you going to college right now? Like, no, I'm celebrating because this it. This was it for school. Now I'm going to go find a job because it's not part of their culture. Mm-hmm. For for some of some people, church is just part of culture. You ask them why they go, they like this is the church my grandmother went to, this is the church my mother went to, this church I go to, or it's people that's just connected to church as this is a part of black experience. As far as I'm a black cosmopolitan, <laughs> I want to go to the sophisticated church where all of the socialites go. It is a meeting place. It is a networking place. Mm-hmm. But it is far from the place that was intended. No different than Jesus going into the synagogue. The whole reason of him creating Christianity is because the religion by which he was actually accord, uh, connected to by birthright mm-hmm. was no longer reflective of who he was or who God was. Mm. He walked into the synagogue and he said, y'all turn this place, my father's place from a house of prayer to a den of thieves. Yeah, He wasn't talking about the church yet. He was talking about the synagogues. Mm-hmm. So you have this this Jesus is like, man, we need a new place. And and he throughout his whole life showed love for the the Jewish faith. He never once, you know, condemned the Jewish faith, but almost like he he was shocked and disbelieved that this is what the Jewish faith had become. Because they wouldn't open their hearts to a new way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're at with the church. Mm-hmm. They not opening their hearts to a new way. The only time I've seen real change in the church is when we transform from choirs every Sunday to praise teams. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That wave, they looked at the, the white churches. I know y'all think y'all came up with this, but no, it was the white churches. They went from choirs to praise singers, the Maranatha singers, the, the, the Gaither singers, they they set that tone and then we followed right after. Everything Hillsong does is, is co-opted and made into the black experience. And now you don't even have choirs like you used to. But before there was choirs, there was no choirs. It was just people singing the, the church sung hymns together. So we become more and more of an entertainment entity and that is connected to the black experience. And so that's why you can see a Kanye sampling gospel music. That's why you can see a Chance the Rapper sampling gospel music. Because it's a part of their birth, birth and uh, childhood and lifestyle as a black person. It has little to do with a connection to even a God. You know, you look at certain gospel singers. And you look at what they're, what, what the fact that they're singing, and sometimes we see them caught up in stuff, and people get upset and say, "She should know better. She's a gospel singer. No, she is a she is a singer of gospel music, but her choice of genre to sing is not indicative of her lifestyle. There's a difference, just like just because someone goes to church, it's not indicative of their lifestyle. The real church, the one that is not connected to a building, is a connected to a people just like the people of Babel. Mm-hmm. They had no church. Mm-hmm. It just was a people of one heart. 
in one mind. Yeah. Who operated. Didn't matter where they was at. They was going to do what was on their heart. Together. Together. Mm-hmm. And that's not what's happening. No. You can't get a hundred church people to do anything. No. <laughs> we can't agree on at, nah. at, at any point. People think that I'm I'm a hater. They come to me and say, brother, I'm about to start this ministry. I'm hoping you could participate. Nah, I can't. You part of the problem then. I'm going to tell you what's the problem. I can't get with somebody who's not trying to build unity but wants to bring people over to their thing when your thing didn't even exist two months ago. Like there's a thing happening. Right. And then you start a whole other thing and then you say you you crying about unity because nobody coming to your thing. We're missing the point. Like there's no unity. The minute somebody feels like they God is using them, they feel like he needs to use them on a greater platform. Separate from where they was at. I'm just going to keep it real. There's people who feel like I should have my own church. I should start my own ministry. I, I, I don't, I don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> I, just, I just think that they're thinking of it from a, the wrong perspective. Yeah, when you think of the spirit dwelling in someone and you think of what people say, the call or their purpose, et cetera, how are you going to deem me as purposeful in this particular area? In this space. How are you going to tell me that it's God's time for me to open up my own church? And what are you asking me to do? Think about what and they what is, the purpose what is the of purpose of this? What are you asking me to do? Okay, so I'm supposed to open my own church. That's God's purpose. That's me sitting with a realtor. <laughs> That's me setting up a 501c3. Mm-hmm. That's me getting with a graphic designer and a marketing department. That, has, that sounds like a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with the Great Commission where he said, Peter, do you love me? Now, he said, upon this rock, he was talking to Peter. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the last thing he said, Jesus said before he left, finally left earth. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes. He said, feed my sheep. Now, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how having my own building, my own 501c3, my own parking spot as lead pastor enhances my ability to feed his sheep. Wow. Beyond where I'm at right now. In a basement, two microphones, talking to my sister Charity. Sharing a message that I don't need a following. I don't need a church to do. I don't need it. All I need to do is just share the word, feed his sheep. I don't understand how we can't see that church is not real in that way. Like it's not real. When you go to church and everybody's working while the pastor's preaching, who's listening to the pastor? Mm. I mean, pastor be preaching his heart out and you just got people just traipsing around. And you're like, what, you, what are you doing? Well, uh, they needed some tissues over there. Um, and and what, do, what do they need? Oh, they need offering slips. I mean, there's people who come to the back to me and say, can I pay my tithes right now? Like, you know, the, the whole reason for you paying tithes is so that there's a building that you might hear the word in. 
but the word is yeah. actually being spoken and you're not even listening. Again, people people don't look at the purpose of why they even go to church. There's people who don't open their mouth to speak any word because they feel like they haven't been ordained. Do you know what ordination is? There's no accreditation <laughs> to this mess. There's no accreditation to this. What makes somebody a pastor? What makes somebody a minister? That's what I really want to know. Somebody woke up one day and said they're going to ordain force at 23. Force was no more fit to be anything in his mind. And probably still ain't no more fit to be nothing. But I know now what the bar exam for a minister is. I didn't know back then. Do you know what I'm saying? Like even what makes us a Christian. Everything in this world you got to get a license certification for. You can't even say you a teacher. They like, did you pass the praxis? <laughs> no, no, I never took the praxis. You can't be a teacher. You can't even be a nail tech. <laughs> you, got, you can't even cut hair. You go to a barbershop, they looking for where your license hanging on the wall. How long you been cutting hair? Yeah, just uh, just yesterday. People are like, I ain't, I ain't getting in your chair. Mm-hmm. But today, somebody can say, I'm, I'm starting a church. Who's going to stop you? Who's going to stop you other than the bank from starting a church? Really. Only thing that stops a person from opening a church is bad credit. Not even their bad heart. My God. Ain't that crazy? Nothing stops us from being anything in church. But the problem is you can be anything in church and still be nothing in God. Mm. That's not a real church. As we move into a hundred episodes of this. And I've been talking about all of these real church matters. What's the matter with our church where it's not real? Yeah, I think when you talk about all of the the reasons why the black church culture is um, faulty, then we have to talk about how how to move the, beyond it. Yeah, how to move from the black culture of church. How should it look? To the real church. Yeah. The church that matters. If, if Let's do it this way. <laughs> let's, let's play a little fantasy baseball here. Mm-hmm. If Charity had a church, mm-hmm. what about church as we know it now would you keep? And what about church as we know it now would you get rid of? Off the jump, I'd get rid of titles. Where? Off the jump. <laughs> Off the jump. I want everybody to be in oneness. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to say deaconess, minister. Yeah. Like all of that stuff. I, I, I let, don't. Let me tell you why I agree. Because and somebody's probably listening right now and saying, y'all, y'all wild because in the Bible, Paul had people with yeah. titles and stuff. He sure did. But let me tell y'all, if we not going if we gonna honor just the titles from the Bible, but not the stipulations he gave for those titles, mm-hmm. then we gotta throw the whole thing out. Yeah. It's messy. We gotta we gotta scratch everything and build it up. They shit. didn't start the church off with the, the titles and the names. These people were acting in their roles far before anybody told them. And when you, they were establishing order. He named these people according to a certain 
offices, not hierarchies like you're better than me, but mm-hmm. offices so that we can do the administration of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And he gave certain stipulations. He said an elder should also be able to manage his household in the faith. Do you know what I'm saying? He, he has these stipulations for it. And if we're not going to operate by those stipulations, if we're not going to judge people by integrity, and when they don't operate in integrity, not put them in those positions, those offices, and honor them for what they are. You know what I mean? Like, you got to honor them for what they are. If we're not going to do any of that biblically, then why take the, that, that part of the Bible? So, yeah, number one, let's wipe that out. Let's wipe it out because we ain't even, what's a deaconess? We even, the deaconesses or deacons are now just grunt workers. Mm-hmm. Like we making them deacons and deaconesses Number one to keep them in the church And number two to let them do the stuff nobody else want to do Y'all lock up Y'all mop the floors Y'all dro- drive the church buses Go pick up people nobody else want to do who's, who's dumb enough to be a deacon That's what it really <laughs> is nowadays You the foot soldiers Then there's the elders Seem like the more The higher you move up the less you do Yeah And none of it is pertaining to the faith do you know what I'm saying? Like these people were, were in the Bible. These were the people that took care of the widows mm-hmm. and took care of the orphans. These were the people that, that tended to the needs of the church as the other people dealt with the spiritual needs. If we not going to operate by that, if people not going to read, if people just going to take positions because they want to be something because at work you just fourth cashier or you assistant manager at Foot Locker, but at church... You got on your doily, you're dressed (laughs) to your nines, and you mean something here, then that's not what this is for. And I agree, let's get rid of it all. I want to see how many people would be a pastor if they didn't get paid. I want to see how many people would preach the gospel if you didn't get the the first parking spot and the biggest throne in the church. If you didn't have an office with gold faucets. I want to see how many people would actually walk like Jesus if you had to live like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. This is part of our fancy church. Is not, you got another one? Yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> the, the church, if we had a building, wouldn't be for just a, a place to gather in prayer and worship and for teachings. The church would house sick people. It would house the the homeless, the people who couldn't afford to live in in a time where, you know, cost of living is probably higher than any other time. Let me tell you another reason why I agree with you, because the church will say that they do that. But the half the time and I deal with a lot of churches that do meet these needs and I go to one that doesn't really meet that need. But I go to I dealt with I deal with churches who meet those needs with my business, and I'm gonna tell you they are always struggling with what to do after a person has overstayed their welcome because the church is just like the world in the sense that they're housing the poor and the destitute and the mentally incapacitated, but they are not operating in the power by which to, to grow these whole. people and make them whole. So they give these people 90 days and then they kick them back out on their keister just like the world do. But it's, it's them housing them in a place other than the church. What I'm saying is you need to be up in that church. You need to live there. 
and and this is what I'm saying. The building of the church should be for all intents and purposes, a shelter, a soup kitchen, all of that. Not a multimedia place where there's a basketball game no, no. and an amphitheater and a salon and a spa, but where there's a place for those who are the least and without mm-hmm. the least of these to come be helped and made whole. Yeah. Amen. I like this church. Mm-hmm. Well, you got another one? And everything would be in oneness. And I mean, financially, like the whole stipulation of ties, 10%, all of that, I'd do away with that. Woo! We doing away with ties? Yeah. And off? Yep. What we're doing is giving from the abundance of our, our, our lives, our hearts. So that means everyone would have the same in the church. Mm. Everyone. Or at the very least. Or at the very least, nobody no would one be would without, go without. Without. And we would have a, a great understanding of what a need is and what a, what a want is. And we'd be able to help people because it's hard to teach people about needs and wants when you, once again, aren't making them whole so that they operate in the understanding of contentment and walking in that. Now, this stuff isn't going to go right or the way it's supposed to if we aren't whole in our in in our walk and our faith with Christ. So another thing this you're saying requires is that at your spirit. church this requires the spirit first. So at your church is spirit. At the at my church the from the jump spirit leads and all of us have to be in the oneness of that spirit. I'm not saying we all saying that we have the spirit of God, but can't come to an agreement on these things. No, the spirit is going to say one person speaks and everyone agrees. We are on the same page and that book that that page is in is the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening right now. No. I like that church. You got another thing that need to go away? Um, I'll let you think. Well, I, I got another one to throw in there. There is no praise team. <laughs> I'm done with it. You was waiting for I that I was waiting one. for that. I thought you would get it in there, but no, I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm done with it. Whoever got a song on their heart, stand up. Let's sing songs like it used to be. <laughs> I'm telling you that, that is in the Bible, that's the way so it So you're was. saying the show of church. It's become a spectacle. Mm-hmm. The auditions. I agree. Not everybody can just go the up and staff. Sing. The fact that staffing. All, I'm done with all staffing. <laughs> Everyone's fired. The fact <laughs> that some churches have staff Full and they staff. can go on strike. They got union strikes. <laughs> we got three the, the 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 pastor got two secretaries. One that handles his events, the other one that handles his his inside uh arrangements. We got too much staffing. That's too much. Well, I'm gonna tell you, church is a career move now. It's mm. a career move. Yeah, it is. When a man say he a pastor, it's no different than him telling me he's a financial analyst or a CEO or anything else. He has chosen a profession. He has not accepted a call. I've seen so many young people, people my age, who have booking flyers out for ministry. You know, what if, if, if you like to book me for ministry, 
Here's my contact information. Really promoting. I mean, promoting. Put, put some time in getting a graphic designer and all of that. They got the promoting. Brand. It always got royal purple. <laughs> it's always royal purple and gold. Nah, I mean, this one is like blue. blue oh, oh yeah, blue I forgot about the blue. They will, but they will always have that regal gold. <laughs> there will be royal blue. There will be majestic purple. And it will be some type of goal. Mm-hmm. It will either look like the Lakers or it's going to look like, you know, the Michigan Wolverines. And let me tell you something, guys. The most appalling thing was when we got cold calls from prophetesses. They not attached to any church. They just are soliciting and saying, if you would like for a prophetess to come and prophesy at your church, a prophetic word of healing and wealth, please give me a call. I'm trying to figure out, is that how Isaiah was rocking? No. I'm trying to figure out. Now, y'all can't tell me that this is the church. It's not the church. I'm not biting my tongue no more. If the lady that actually sent that and made that cold call is listening to this podcast, shame on you. And shame on any pastor that pays attention to what you're doing and but doesn't hold you accountable to the fallacy that you are perpetrating. I think... What that exposes is another thing that the black church culture suffers from is mental illness. Talk it. Mental illness drives. I don't know if this can. We, is there anything we could do to to fix mental illness other than what you said about the, the wholeness? Spirit? The yeah, wholeness, the yeah. wholeness of the spirit. And but I think that the pastors don't address. Mm. Mental illness because it further promotes their agenda of vanity. Absolutely. You are able to take advantage of the mentally ill. I believe that that is the culture that we are standing in right now. Advertisers and people are able to take advantage of people. Exploiting. Exploit mentally ill people. Mm -hmm. That's why you can put on a commercial about guns and people will go and buy guns. That's why knowing that McDonald's and all of those places are actually killing us, they could put a commercial on. And the first place R. Kelly went when he got out of bail is he took that van and he went to McDonald's. <laughs> Even though on the docuseries, they talked about him picking up young girls at McDonald's. Right. But he go back to the McDonald's. He went back to McDonald's. That they were talking about. Like, yeah, it, it was crazy to me. But that's what I mean. Like, we are Smile so out. we are so lost in the sauce. We don't even realize mental depravity. It's hard for people to take anybody seriously in this outrage culture mm-hmm. when we are not outraged by the root of the problem. Exactly. We only address the surface layer of the problem. Like, y'all mad at R. Kelly. But you you played his songs and you glorified the things that created the lust that created the monster. Mm-hmm. Y'all like the genie as long as it's in the bottle. But when that thing come out and give you more than the wishes you wanted, now you want to complain about it. 12 play was the precursor to 12 year olds. <laughs> Bye. I'm not doing this with you. Come on, guys. Y'all got to stop playing. I don't want to hear you on your soapbox when you was bumping and grinding and you didn't see nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let's be serious. Mm-hmm. The transcript said that in this new video that he literally said, let me see your 14-year-old booty hole. What? 
Jesus after dark. That man said that to whatever child that was in the latest video. The, the lawyer put it out. Oh, my Lord Jesus. And, I didn't hear that. And when we, we, are, we are witnessing this pervasiveness, but it don't look nasty to us until it takes a certain look. Until it catches fire. And, and that's another thing. We oh, only yeah. show outrage when we have a group. It, it can't be just one person screaming and, and, you know, waving the flag. Hey, there's an issue. Mm-hmm. It has to be a following. We have to get in on a campaign. Yeah. On, on a group or a mass outrage. If it's not that way, we don't want no parts Let me of tell it. you why. There'll never be a mass outrage by the church on the things that matter. Never. Because we too busy Dealing in the same lust R. Kelly did. Mm-hmm. We too busy, too self-involved in ourselves. You, you don't get to pick your demons. The very demon that tells a man to touch a, a little kid is the very demon that tell you to touch yourself or to tell you to treat yourself to somebody's money. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we playing with the same devils. We swimming in the same ocean, but want to say how, how dirty he is. Y'all in the same water. I was like, me and my brother used to take a bath together, and he'd be like, ew, ew, you dirty. I'm like, we in here together. <laughs> Shut up. You could have not said that. <laughs> no, you see the ring Gotta in the Gotta edit that one yeah, out. No, no. We, I mean, that's how kids are. <laughs> but, the, but it's no different than people who say, I love snow, and then you get I'm a foot I'm glad they it. don't know how the age difference between <laughs> Oh, I mean, they, you know, we black people, six years apart, you know, that's, it's not that bad. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like people that say they love snow until it's a foot of snow outside. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how they hate it. R. Kelly is the blizzard to your flurries. Mm. He is. It, that reminds me of what you said. And it, and it, it made an impactful indention on my heart because you said the same breeze that you enjoy is the hurricane you the hate. hurricane that you hate. Yeah. And I thought about that and I was like, wow. It's true. Yeah. And that sums up the church right we now. We enjoy a light luxury of this thing. Indulgences. But, yeah. but when we get too much of it, then it starts to bother. Now us. we suffocate. Now we're saying we can't breathe. It's the same air blowing in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's too much. Well, who's to say what's too much? Mm-hmm. To God, it's all too much. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with the church, too. We, we subscribe ourselves to the people who have little flirtatious dalliances with Christianity. We love the Chance the Rappers, <laughs> whose only experiences with church is about the black church experience. Mm-hmm. He's just retelling how his childhood was. He can't share with you his experience with God if he hasn't truly given himself to God to right. be experienced. We listen to these praise and worship singers and then you see them on social media and you saying, oh my gosh, I didn't know they was like that. Why? Because they sung a song? Because <laughs> they sung a song? Well, I don't understand why they got to do this, that, and the other. The reality is that we're going to continue to be seen as uptight but y'all got to understand the church is going to be seen that way. The real church is. That's just the reality. 
I think that's another thing is after we move out the praise and worship singers and just let people sing, when you move out the uh, amount of money and, and wealth that can be garnered by musicians, by artists whose CDs ain't selling, and that's you thinking they just being nice by coming to your church and being the praise and worship leader. They doing that because they need a viable residual income because selling gospel records ain't popping. It's not. I want to see how many people serve the Lord when the Lord don't serve their bank account. <laughs> I want to see that. That's the type of church I'd be interested in. Because the church, I, even the church that we go to, I remember there was a time where people would work and the first thing out of their mouth is, how do you get full time here? I'm, and I'm, I'm, they knew the church, so I'm scratching my head like, full time what? Ain't you full time? I'm full time committed to the purpose God put in my heart. I ain't, I don't, full time, what does that mean? <laughs> this is why you hear pastors talking about retirement. Because it's a career. Mm. All of it is a luxurious career of nonprofits. Because there's profit and nonprofit if people don't understand. And, and so I'm, I'm saying Black this, people just getting hip to that. They just getting hip to it now. I noticed that. Now everybody, <laughs> everybody want a foundation. They like, yo, I'm really trying to help the kids. They got grant writers. I'm like, oh, y'all late. These white people been new. There's, there's so many buildings down in D.C. They are fully leased, paid for for five years in advance. Go inside of them. There ain't nobody at no desk working. This place is just a tax shelter. Literally, if you could see the money that they're shoving into this building to hide from the IRS, there would be no room for desk. <laughs> There's money in nonprofits. And the next thing I would do after we take away the praise and worship leaders is we take away the tax shelter, the 501c3 that is so coveted by churches. Mm. We would make the churches pay a tax just like the disciples looked at Jesus and said, we got to pay taxes. And Jesus grabbed the fish and said, render the Caesars what Caesars. Why, why Jesus and the gang got to pay taxes, but you don't get to? They hiding there too. Now, th these people didn't got book deals. They got movie deals. And the government don't touch none of it, Charity. That's, that's insane. Don't touch none of it. All in the name of Jesus. The, the whole reason that they even exist is because it's supposed to be that the churches are a viable part of the community. And so because you guys give so much and you're so fruitful to the communities, why would we tax you when you can use that money to benefit your communities? And that brings to another point where if we have over 200 denominations of Christianity more than likely, it's a church on every block or block and a half. And still, we have mass murders. We have... Children going missing. Children going missing. I mean, the amount of murders in D.C. Yeah. This year. Yeah has been hit in an outrageous number. Yeah. I think it's like 50-something people so far, yeah. and it's only March. You have, you ever seen 
like a mass exodus of churches standing together? Or do you see always the same reverend slash political activists mm-hmm. stand outside? Not even with their full congregation. Nope. I don't even know what church Al Sharpton belongs to. So what are we, we still call him my man's reverend, Al Sharpton. <laughs> he didn't lost weight and everything. I ain't seen not near church. I don't know where these churches, what's going on. I just know that there is no outrage beyond Twitter fingers and memes on Instagram. There is no churches standing together, even when they had the riots in Baltimore. There's isolated experiences of small churches and churches mm-hmm. coming together, but it's not a, the people of God. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the matter is who's in charge? Who's going to get the credit? Who who gonna be seen as the leader? Half the time, people don't even realize there are so many people that went against Martin Luther King just because they didn't re- respect him as the leader and want felt that they was doing it better. Mm-hmm. But what was and that's another thing. Like that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, like it was just the black churches that supported Martin Luther King. But if we say we in the same faith. And we believe in the same savior, then what does it matter what race you are? Should have been like, wow. That's what I'm saying. Like the numbers, like you said, it's a church or two on every block. And we can't even commonly agree on how to aggressively stand against things that Jesus would stand against. Yeah. You got the white churches. We so divided. The white churches in front of the abortion clinic. (laughs) (laughs) We in front of the state house complaining about prayer in schools. We so divided on everything. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else in the middle handing out biscuits and food to to homeless people who are filled. Their bellies are filled to the brim, but are still empty. Because that doesn't address the the root of the problem most of these people you you service the the surface need okay you see someone on the street that means they have to eat or they need a coat but you don't address you you never even have a conversation with them to find out how is it that you become homeless yeah are you truly homeless or are you just you know, on the streets right yeah. now because you you're having a fight with your family. How like what's your circumstance? Right. And I, I think the, the the voice that always comes in my head when I talk like this is somebody who's out there doing things, telling me, So what are you doing? <laughs> and I'ma tell y'all, the reality is is the engagement that the church should have with the world shouldn't look too far from the engagement the church had with the world back in the Bible. Jesus spoke to the people that he saw on the on the street. And talk, he addressed talk, talk he, is cheap cuz we he over addressed here, the we, root of the problem. And talk. most of them got up and started following him. They Or he sent them to the house of prayer. They, they, I'd never seen one person say, thank you for healing me, Jesus, but now I need rent money. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we so caught up in the engagement of the superficial, 
these people not even in love with Jesus. And this is coming from a person who's done it. I've been on the street feeding people. You done been to I've Haiti? been to different countries feeding people, trying to spread the gospel. And realizing and, the, the and and realizing the the propaganda behind it all, the political side behind it all. So when I say these things, I say it from experience and the frustrations that I had in doing it. Was I being impactful? I don't want to do stuff. And then the next year I go and it's the same issue. Because here's the thing. It's like having a tapeworm. Why am I going to keep feeding someone who is going to have an insatiable appetite? Let me tell you why. Because every money, every dollar and every piece of morsel of food you drop into an empty heart, it's not going to feel like nothing. That's the bottom line. We keep filling empty hearts with turkey. Mm-hmm. And empty hearts with money And empty hearts with uh, housing But we never fill in the heart We never fill in the heart Because it's, it's not the impetus It's not the focus And do we have the capacity In the black culture Of church To go beyond what we see We say we have so much faith We say we have so much love for God We say that we have the spirit but we aren't moving past what we see. We aren't feeling the needs of people beyond what we see. So how can we be effective in, in just the basic principles of Christianity if we haven't tackled faith? And that comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if the real church is about teaching just like Jesus was. I'm surprised like Jesus would have a hard time in today's time because yeah, he, he really would walk around and heal and teach people. And somebody would tell him, well, you a broke boy. So how are you going to really help somebody? Mm-hmm. The person you just laid hands on can't pay a rent. So what you going to do? You get what I'm saying? Like we missing what the real need is with people. In fact, he, he took people from the jobs that they were actually providing their families. He made them broke. He broke them. He, he broke them. He said, instead of being fishermen. Instead of being doctors. There was a doctor in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Instead of being a tax collector. <laughs> and when he died and they went back to what they did, he said, what did I tell you? Yeah. He takes us away from the things that are viable. And we in church trying to tell people how God want to put you in the viable. Mm. Whoa. Mm. And we want Going to full out summits on how to be, how to market your church, how to be marketable. How to build your brand, how to make you and your first lady more likable. These are the conversations people are having. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can only imagine if Jesus walked they into us. They paying these $200 fees for these conferences and being filled with nothing but surface layers of business principles. You want to be a business person, go out there and start your own business that has nothing to do and with at faith. Least, at, at least if y'all going to do this, don't do it in the auspice of church. I think that was Jesus' biggest problem is that he went in the synagogue and he was doing the world's things in the synagogue. He said, y'all change this place to a den of thieves. There's money changes in here. Mm-hmm. Y'all belong outside. I don't care if your deaconess got MBA. She need to take that stuff out 
side. Mm-hmm. Go to your business course. Teach what you got to teach. And here, we're supposed to be feeding the sheep. He didn't mean that. When he, when he was talking about feeding the sheep, he wasn't talking about making sure they know how to balance their checkbook. They don't even know how to balance their life with the word of God. Yeah. I, I, and, okay, so, I'm not... <laughs> Come on. I, I'm, what I'm going to say is... We have to address the wholeness in the spirit first, and then everything else follows. Proceeds. It follows. So, so if if we have the spirit, then we can teach people how to live because they have self control. Because they have self control, you can guide them according to the spirit because they have the spirit which precedes self control. Exactly. You can't you can't teach people how to have a good marriage by having a Yana Van Zant come. And speak if these two people don't even walk in the spirit of love, joy, kindness, meekness, gentleness. They don't even operate in those spirits. And you tell you, she looking at them in a mirror, making them look at each other and hit each other with wiffle bats, mm-hmm. talking about uh, approach it, uh, uh, face it, and release it. And this ain't just her talking on some TV show. She's being invited in churches mm-hmm. to spread her gospel. I'm telling y'all, half the white church and some of y'all little peppery black people think that the end of the world going to be a battle between the gays and the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just going to look like a gay pride parade and the prayer on the National Mall all bashed together. But I'm going to tell you what it's going to be is the Antichrist is going to be a person who believes in a form of Christ. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be so far from what the true Christ is. And I believe we're already moving into that stage because a lot of people think they go to a church and it's not a real church. Episode 98, real church matters, really matters. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm Charity Hall. I don't even think we was done, but... Yeah, we, we done. Could, we could go. We done. We could, yeah, we, we done. Could go. But we could go some more, but... I think this real is, church really does matter. Real church matters, and and that's the bottom line. Like that's yeah. all we're trying to do is, you know, provoke you to think. Yeah. About why why do you even believe in God? Yeah. Why do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior? And if that doesn't motivate you to go seek a church and be active in the church and finding out about God, then you should not go to church. Shouldn't go to church. Shouldn't go to church. So I'm literally going to call this one Real Church Matters. <laughs> it's, just, it, it, it's perfect that we're moving into the 100 episodes. And I don't think I ever really said, uh, just, just formally, just freely talked about what church should look like. And I know people going to challenge me on it, but... Y'all got to be willing to. That's good. We we want that. At least yeah. you're thinking about it. Like I'm open it. to conversations with people. I think it's refreshing because yeah. a lot of people don't put a lot of thought into why they do things. Absolutely. You can hit me at ask me at Real Church Matters. You can send all hate mail to Charity <laughs> Denise Hall. Yeah, I'll dress each and every one. <laughs> she will address you and she will dress you down. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, Real Church Matters, episode 98. Thank you so much, Charity. Every time you come on, I truly appreciate it. I don't want you to take it for granted. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> That's because he dodged me. 
for some weeks, but it's cool though. Thank you. And <laughs> shout out to Charity. Your boy was real sick and she came through for me and she 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 hung with me. And, and I appreciate that. Like that's what that's what family is for. But I know that just because you have family don't mean that family operate in the love of God. So I'm blessed to have a sister that truly operates in the love of God and is selfless in that way. And uh, I don't have to worry about returning the favor because <laughs> God got you. Amen. But I did want to, I want to make sure I say that note. So this will live in infamy and eternity. Oh, God. See, that's that vanity. That I don't vanity. need all of that. You don't need all of that? Nope. I will edit this out. Awesome. I won't. <laughs> Episode 98, Real Church Matters. I'm Forrest. Boy, she's girl. We're out.